Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Homemade Oak Bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name's Chris. His name's Craig. Bucks in the basement. 30 minutes of bucks. For fans, by fans. And uh, right now, fans are just uh, disgusted. Craig and I were talking about this. We can tell when we look at how people consume the show. Like, listener patterns. And we can see the way that people are consuming the show is a little different. It kind of reminds me of the pandemic. Like, when the pandemic broke out and there was no baseball. Like, this is kind of similar to it. And I think some of this is being driven, Craig, by the fact that people are angry. They're angry at the owners. They're angry at the players. They're angry at the general idea that baseball might not start on time. They're angry that their offseason was taken away from them in a time in their lives, in, in the history of this country, in which we're all so stressed out and need a release. And we're not getting it. And we just had the shortened season in 2020, and now here in 2022, what the heck are we going to get here? And I think there's absolute frustration. I thought your interview with David Sampson, which is on demand, if you missed it, go back and listen to it here on Bucks in the Basement, anywhere podcasts can be found, and always at BucksInTheBasement.com. Go back and check that out. You've had some great interviews over the last couple of months, but I think there's a little burnout. I think there's people that are are annoyed, aggravated, put off by everything going on in baseball. You got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, and I think that instead of looking at the start of spring training and talking about your favorite team, it's very easy to get distracted and say, well, forget that noise, because who knows when they're going to play, right? Yeah, people, I just, I feel like they've gotten to the point, you know, where stuff it doesn't really matter at this point in time. The, the players are coming out with their quotes. I, I heard something, I, I was telling you before the show, Andrew Miller saying that players don't like like how the Rays do things because they get so much revenue and they don't use it. But they're successful. I mean, we've talked about the Rays probably ad nauseum on this podcast because that's who Pirates fans want to emulate. I mean, to a degree, but they don't want to trade anybody, but the Rays trade people. But of course the players don't like how they operate because they don't spend money. And then you have, you know, Adam Wainwright coming out and saying, you know, if you offered us the deal right now, we should the players should take it. It's, it's a deal that we should take. Well, it's because Adam Wainwright wants to finish his career. And if he, like, if he has to wait too long, if there isn't a season, the dude's like, I don't know if I'm coming back. And then you have... People going on and basically saying, oh, I have these sources within Major League Baseball. I forget where this exactly was from, but I watched the video. And the guy's like, I have sources that the owners are basically saying, we're not not negotiating with the players. We're negotiating with Scott Boris. I believe that. 
I, I believe that there's a two a two no, degree. No, 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 no. I firmly believe that you that they are negotiating with Scott Boris. I firmly believe when you look at the Max Scherzer tweet after the mediation thing was asked for, which was a negotiating tactic and a ploy by the owners. I'm not saying the owners are are good people in this whole thing, but those were the words of Scott Boris. His agent. oh, absolutely, and. Scott Boris is one of the strongest people in the players' union, and he's not even a player. He has so much influence. Uh, the guest that we had on this show last week, David Sampson, I've had separate conversations with him, and he, a former GM and front office member of the last 16 years, or not the last 16 years, but for 16 years until recent history, he told me point blank, Scott Boris is the most powerful person right now on the player side of things. He has massive influence over this entire thing. And let me tell you something, Scott Boris doesn't give a crap whether or not you get baseball. He's he's evil incarnate. Now, and I agree with you with the Adam Wainwright thing. He just wants to play. Just like you have guys that maybe wanted to make a team this year or are coming off an injury or have something to prove or already have their money. That's the whole ploy here. Major League Baseball wants all those people to start calling up their union reps saying, when do we get to vote? I want to play. That, that's what that's always been one of the plans. That's why they waited so long to start doing things. That's why they took December off after the lockout. But but I I do get I do get a, a a kick about the comments about the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's dive in an app for a half a second. And of course, yeah. players don't like it. But what do you think the Rays are going to do if you take away their ability to act that way? They're just going to be another team that doesn't spend enough money. Like there is no way to make to make teams smart, and there is no way to get a rich billionaire to give up more money than he wants to. There will always be a loophole. Those teams are not going to become competitive because you you told them you have to spend this instead of something else. If you take away the ability of the Rays to act like the Rays, I don't know if the Rays are competitive anymore. I think you actually hurt competition if you take it away. Yeah, because, I mean, if they're the ones that are cutthroat and they're the ones that do it, so... And they do it very well, and they operate within this system. So it would be, you know, kind of interesting because people would say, "Oh, the smart baseball will rise," just like you know, in football, if there would be a salary cap or whatever it would be, that you know, there's still some poorly run organizations. But the things that the the Rays do and and the stuff that they capitalize on, I I kind of agree with you, Chris. I don't know if it means as much. It would go more into their development, which is also good, but it's just a goofy thing. That, I mean, you start saying, well, we don't like what the Rays do. And of course, they're not going to pick on the Pirates because the Pirates are terrible. They just, they do what the Rays do. They don't spend money, but they also, <laughs> they they haven't been able to develop. And and that's why we have a new regime. So, but yeah, that, that it was an interesting comment to me that they, they went and they singled out, you know, a, an organization that, I mean, they do give some contracts out. The Rays have given more contracts out than the Pirates have. I mean, they just paid Wander Franco, uh, I, and I mean, they didn't pay him, but they signed him to a contract. They're bigger than him. anything I mean, the Pirates could. It's a guaranteed deal. He knows what he's going to end up making. You're right. They just gave him a bunch of money, and it, it's a it's a team friendly deal, and they know exactly what they're doing. They're playing by the rules that were set out for them. But I, I find this week to be fascinating. And this whole situation going on in pro sports right now, because you can draw a parallel as the Super Bowl comes up this weekend between NFL owners and Major League Baseball owners. 
I'm going to I'm going to do this. Some people are going to think this is a stretch, but but follow me down this crazy conspiracy uh, theory road. You have Major League Baseball getting ready to lock out the players and you're not supposed to be colluding in any way. But I don't believe that that doesn't happen. I believe they collude like crazy. All right. I really do. I think they get on the phone with each other. You don't think these owners, you know, don't have a sinister lair that they all go down and sit in and talk on video screens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they keep an alien from Area 54 that they all bought with their money in a cage and they, they throw peanuts at them because they're billionaires. That's what they do. And they sit down in their little sinister cave, okay, like like comic book uh, uh, evil masterminds, and they they collude, in my opinion, because notice how they spent so much money before the lockout, right? Yeah. And why did they spend all that money, Craig? They spent all that money because they want to get to mediation, and they want they want the federal government to step in, and they want somebody to step in so they can sit there and say, we handed out all this money this year. We're not the bad guys. Hey, Texas, you guys spend some money. You guys over here spend some money. I guarantee you there's an accountant in the Cayman Islands. I believe it. I, the, the conspiracy theorist in me believes there's an account in the Cayman Islands where they all had to put a little bit into it, all these billionaires, and then they picked which teams were going to spend the money out of that to break the union because in the long run, it would look good when they got to their mediation. They got to, I believe it just as much as I find it incredible that after an African-American coach filed a lawsuit against NFL owners that there wasn't a lot of diversity hires, that the next two coaching hires in the NFL was a biracial Hire. It's that assistant coach from San Francisco who I had read McDaniel, so many. Yeah. Right. I had read so many articles about how he was really fun in interviews, but he definitely wasn't ready to be a head coach. In fact, I never even heard his name mentioned. And then they dug up Lovey Smith to be the head coach of the Texans on Monday. They found him out in the country somewhere. He's got a beard like Santa Claus, and they brought him back. I hadn't heard Lovey Smith's name mentioned once in the last seven or eight years of the NFL. And suddenly, suddenly, he was hired. The All the teams were named in a lawsuit, and suddenly, hires galore. Look at all the color in the NFL. Why? They're getting ready for their lawsuit. What you need to understand is that all these owners and all these pro sports leagues are evil billionaires that have a lair, and they go down into the lair, they, they, they eat the rare meat of, who knows, they probably hunt human beings, okay? They probably hunt human beings in the woods for sport, all right? You see, the, the people that disappear <laughs> and they show up on milk cartons, sometimes they're out in the woods in some, in some uh, non-extradition country where they, or an island that they own, and they get let out of a cage, and there's Bob Nutting, and he's chasing after him with a rifle, hunting the most dangerous game. That's what I believe these people do, the billionaires. They all get together and they go, we're billionaires. How can we get more billions? See, Chris, that was a that was a great take. But in the <laughs> beginning of it, you said Area 54. And I was like, is he thinking Studio 54? Oh, Area 51. Area it was 51? such a great take. And I said Area 54 instead of <laughs> Area 51. So I was just like, is, is, is it a disco with aliens? Like, what is going on here? You know here? what? You know what? There is an Area 54, and only the billionaires have access to it. It's an alien <laughs> disco. I love it, it's man. An, it's an alien disco. They go to the disco, 
after they go and kill in their hunt. And then they bring the poor soul back that they hunted and they, they, they barbecue them and then they figure out how they're going to make more money. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, that's that's all they want to do is make more money, right. and 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 Scott Boris wants it. He wants access to the secret lair, Area Fifty Four, the alien disco studio, and the island where you hunt human beings. He wants to get there, and out of pure jealousy, he's fighting with them to make enough money so he can go to another island and do all those terrible things because he's, in my mind, just as terrible as they are. Like I said, people at this point in time, Chris, are are trying to pick sides. Obviously, we're not picking the owner's sides. And in some ways, I don't pick the player's side either just because, I mean, I saw it out there and people are tweeting about it. It's like, well, and I talked to Gary about this. I talked to anybody I could talk to about this where it was like, okay, the players are like, we're going to make this pool for guys that you know that perform well or they're in between that that arbitration stage where it would be the super two before and the owners were open to it they're like okay we'll we'll toss 10 million into that and then the players come back and they're like well our offer was a 110 million so we'll we'll go to 105 and people are like well who's taking the player side and the owner side on this and i'm like i'm not taking either side because both sides were absolutely ridiculous because it was nowhere near what the other person wanted to do so I don't know how you can say, oh, well, well the players should get that $105 million. And the owners are thinking, well, why? You guys, you got you guys agreed to stuff during the previous CBAs that took the power away from the younger players. And now you kind of want it back a little bit, but you also still want to make your millions when you're a Max Scherzer or you know, whoever signed contracts, Marcus Simeon. A Seeger, you want that huge contract, but you want to be paid more now, but you let that go during the last one. So whatever you kind of lost, the owners aren't aren't going to give that back. They're not. No, that's why they're billionaires. You don't get to go hunting on the island if you're so stupid. You're going to give up all your money. You know, look, it's 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 normal. It's natural for all of us to gravitate towards the players more than the owners. Why? Because we don't make money like these people. And even though they're millionaires, they're closer to us. We're never going to get to go to Studio 54. Okay? Dance with the three-legged alien. That's not going to happen. Okay? And we're not. We're never going to get to go down to the lair. All right? Uh, we're never going to get to take the special shuttle to the moon base uh, where indoors they keep all of their gold. We're never going to get to go see that kind of stuff. All right. But the thing is, they have a right to try to hold on to their money. You know, that's just the way that the world works. And they're not just going to give it up to the players. I think the players came into this with like, uh, they want as much as they possibly can get. They want everything in the world. They, I mean, they basically walk back so many of their proposals in the first couple of months here where, where they realize, yeah, 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 we asked for that. But it's kind of, we even know that was a ridiculous ask. The biggest problem, I think, goes back to the guy that you mentioned earlier is Scott Boris. Scott Boris doesn't care whether or not there's a full season or not because Scott Boris wants to make as much money as humanly possible for generational wealth and because I think he just really wants to beat the owners. He really wants to be that guy who beats the owners. I think he has a a massive influence in this thing. I think it's the one story that nobody's really talking about. I could be completely wrong, but I mean, reading between the lines, talking to David Sampson, who was our guest last week, 
Uh, I know you didn't get into it with him, but I've gotten into it with him before. And that that he has a feeling. He has that feeling. He he's very very confident in the fact that Scott Boris is pulling an awful lot of strings on the player side. So th- speaking of all of that, halfway through the show here, I have this thought. Let's have a draft. You and I. We'll go okay. back and forth until we run out of time. So if you've got one, go with it quick, because when time runs out, the rest of them will still remain in our lives. But let's go back and forth and select people that we would love to permanently remove, jettison into the sun, and get away from Major League Baseball forever. People that we just cannot stand and can no longer be allowed to exist within baseball. If you were blessed with the powers of a god and you could just remove this person from baseball forever, place them someplace else. Who would you first want to remove from the world of baseball? And I'm ta- I'm talking like owner, agent, player, broadcaster, uh, some guy who sells hot dogs and gave you the stink eye, Craig. Who would it be? I mean, I think the first one is, if it was one coming off the list, it's got to be Rob Manfred. You're I mean, done he, with him. He's just a guy that, I mean, number one, he should have lost his job when he came out and said, yeah, we were never going to get more than that many games. Because I think that that part, Chris, is still holding this up a little bit. The, the players have their grievance against them. They actually have a lawsuit against them for basically saying you didn't operate in good faith. And I th- feel like that's holding this up to a degree that really still isn't mentioned enough. So, Rob Manford, keep your mouth shut. Get out of baseball. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Jettison him out of here. I'm going to say Scott Boris because I think he's evil. And I think he's one of the big problems in baseball. And if only there was a way where a limit could be placed on how many clients you can have in a sport, like where it's like you have cornered the market on the amount of people and you essentially just go and grab these guys and make tons of money and you have way too much influence over our sport. And we, the, the league will only allow you to represent so many of our players who work for us. I wish there was a way to do it. I'm sure you can't do it but I would remove him immediately. If I could pick one person immediately to jettison into the sun and get away from baseball forever, because I think it would improve the game, Scott Boris. Yeah. And as a Pirates fan, I mean, people would probably be, they'd probably be a little bit mad at me if I didn't say this one next, but you got to say Bob Nutting. Cause no matter what would happen with the Pirates after that, there would at least be a few weeks, a few months, maybe even a full season of glee uh, of not having to discuss him. I still think, and I'm still of the mindset that whoever would take the team over, if it's under the same, you know, set of circumstances, if he if he has to deal with, you know, the disparities between contracts and everything, like the the TV contracts, I feel like it would still fall into maybe it would spend a little bit more, but I feel like he would still be hated at some point in time. So, but I would still I got to go Bob Nutting. Okay, well, before we go further in this, I I'd love to dive into this. What do you think comes in after Bob Nutting? Like, do you, do you honestly believe that in the Pittsburgh marketplace where it's obvious they're always going to be second to the Steelers, right? It's a Steelers town. Yeah. All right. In the Pittsburgh marketplace, that there is enough money to be made that you can raise the payroll to compete with the likes of, say, the Yankees and the Dodgers. Because, I mean, no, I don't I think, think there I, is. I, I think I think you pretty much, you, you go in and you kind of fall in where the where the Reds or maybe like the Brewers. Okay, I can in. get that. You know, I can get behind a little that. Bit over, a little bit over $100 million, but nothing like huge. Um, but I still feel that if, if they start losing and stuff, people don't like to lose their money. And it's like, well, why am I putting all this money out if we only, if we, you know, didn't even make the playoffs or did whatever? 
So I could see them settling back into like the 80 to $90 million range, would still spend more than Bob Nutting spends regularly. But I still think that people wouldn't be as happy as they think they would be without Bob Nutting. But, but I'll give it to him. I think the greatest thing that could ever happen to a fan base in a market like Pittsburgh, or as you said, Milwaukee or Cincinnati or something like that, is that a, a fan of the team becomes a billionaire and is able to get their hands on the team, right? Because then they don't care when it's time to lose a little bit of money because this is their toy and they like to play with it. And, and yeah. because otherwise you've got to be shrewd like the Rays and you also have to find somebody that's willing to get right up on that line where they could lose or they're, or they're doing some sort of calculated risk. And when you find an owner like nutting, he's like, no, I'm going to make my money. That's, that's what I'm doing. That's how I'm, that's how I'm yeah. rolling. I'm Bob nutting. And uh, I want to have the special gun for the Island. Okay, and I'm not I'm not going to not going to miss out on that by blowing it on a player just so you people can be happy. That's that's just me. All right, let's see here. Um, you know who I want to get rid of? Let's let's get let's get away from players and agents and owners for just a second. Can I get rid of the Mad Dog? Can can I get rid of Oh, Chris Russo, please do. Can I get rid of Chris Russo off of MLB Network and New York Radio? Can I get rid of that guy? Can if I wanted to make the game better, can I get rid of the guy who really honestly and truly has never watched a game that wasn't an East Coast game or a Dodgers game, who considers himself to be an expert on teams that he's he's never really viewed. And, that, and that's why he has to keep somebody else in the studio with him so that they can fill him in on what's going on. Because when he makes a bad take, they can kind of steer him onto the, onto the road. Because all he does is shout into a microphone and give terrible takes. And, and, he, and he, he just loves his hometown players and those that are in that, that East coast biased area, you know, the Boston, New York's, the Mets, it, it, you know, he's one of those guys that thinks that between New York and Los Angeles, there's just a barren wasteland. Like when judge dread walked out there, Sylvester Stallone was just thrown out of the, the town and it was just a barren wasteland in between those two, but that's how he views the baseball world. And the world would be better off if he never got a microphone again or was forced to go talk about soccer. Just get him away from baseball. I, I don't disagree with that, Chris, because, I mean, I I think it was, it was I'm saying Chris, because I think it was, wasn't it Chris Rose that ended up getting, like, kind of shuffled out of there and uh, off off of a, intentional take? That it was uh, intentional that, that talk. Was great, he was, he was intentional shuffled talk, off intentional yeah. talk, yes. Yeah, that was a great show and a great chemistry. And it's, it was actually one of the ones that I I made it a point to, to watch. And if I didn't watch it, I actually pulled it up on my my podcast player and would just play it and listen to it. I thought those guys had great chemistry. I liked the show. And they take him off and then they leave Chris Russo there to just blather on about God knows what. Yeah, he just he does too much shouting. I think it's interesting so far as we're doing this draft of people that we would like to get out of Major League Baseball because it would make it more enjoyable and probably improve the game. That you went with the commissioner of baseball and the owner of the Pirates, and I went with an agent and a guy with a microphone. Like we have very different thoughts about this. <laughs> so what are we- yeah, I, I I feel like well, Manfred, I if you let me if you went first, you were gonna go Boris over Manfred. I yeah. mean, that's right, owners. No, no, I was booting Boris right away. Scott Boris. Here's the thing, Scott Boris is a plague upon baseball, not because I support owners. In not, you know, having to pay out contracts. He's a plague upon baseball because he created 
the system that we currently have to live in in Major League Baseball. He created a marketplace in his in his zest to get the most amount of money where he holds up these teams for these massive deals in which they're play they're they're actually paying for the players best years that are already behind him, right? Like most yeah. of these deals that Scott Boros does, you're paying for the seasons that the guy is never going to have again or he might have for a year or two before he starts declining. And if there was ever a time when the owners should go into their secret meeting room and and go into their lair and lock the doors and cackle like Mr. Burns in The Simpsons, if there's ever a time, it should be in dealing with Scott Boris. Like you shouldn't they should give none of his clients any money. They need to break him. Because if they instead of breaking the players, work out a good deal with the players and go break Boris. I think you'd all it would work out better for everybody. I definitely see that. And unfortunately, he he signs some of the best players. So I know. Well, would you, want here, him and, if you were a baseball player, you'd want him as your agent, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. You, you want you, to make the most money possible. You, as an agent, he he does great by the players. Right. As an agent, that's who I would want. I would want him. I, I, honest to goodness, if I were in Major League Baseball, I would want him. And yet, as a fan, he 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 ruins a little bit of this. He's one of the reasons for the the lack of competitive balance because the, he has driven the the contract so high with his tactics, and baseball owners have kind of fallen for it. You know, it's the only thing that really shoots a. Th- there is no other way to shoot holes in my theory that they have a secret lair and a moon base, and an alien dance studio, and an island where they hunt the, the most dangerous prey. The only way to shoot a hole in it is, but they've never broken Boris. They've never yeah. sat down and said, we're not paying this. Unless, of course, he also has a key card to get into all those really cool places. Maybe he's part of the club. I don't know. And and we were talking about this before the show, Chris, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one more out here. And yeah, yeah, we got, we, it, got, we got four minutes here, so g- give me another one. It's definitely going to surprise a lot of people. I want John Boy out of baseball. <laughs> the yeah. guy was great for what he did. Because I can, I can, I can remember Chris when we were sitting here, like on the show. It's like I forget which thing it was. It's like, oh man, did you? You? It was. I think it was like the one Pirates fight. It's like, did you see that video of John Boy breaking it down? Like it was so hysterical. He was really good at that. It. Really good at the videos. I love the lip sync, uh, the lip reading stuff. And him breaking down the arguments on the field, that's the best. That's, I, I yeah. really do love when he does the, the breakdown of something that happened on the field on a video. But, but that's, his, that's his wheelhouse. And now that he's creating this giant empire, like he put something out and it just frustrated the heck out of me because it was like, here's, here's he made this, this big thing where it's like talking baseball, big projections, and down in like the little thing, it's like via fan graphs doesn't even link to Fangraphs, doesn't even say anything. And what it is, it's not even Fangraphs projections. It's Dan Zamborski's zip projections, which isn't even Fangraphs projections. But since he has such a reach, even though Meg Rowley, who's the editor over at Fangraph, goes, yeah, that's not our actual things, just just to be honest. Like, if you want to, it's kind of cool to talk about, but that's not what this is. But then she realized that his thing had been liked and retweeted like 10 to 20 times more than hers was, it's like, well, this is kind of lost. But I hate people like that that just make their own graphic out of somebody else's work 
And it's not even the right stuff. And have you have you heard him talk about anything that's going on with the CBA and stuff? Like he misspeaks like constantly. He's he's basically us, Chris, who found out that the Astros were cheating, which is really cool. And he did those breakdown videos, which are awesome. But in essence, he doesn't actually bring any intellectual talk to the game of baseball. So for me, he's gone. Well, the worst thing was is that he did some things where he pointed out stuff that was going on in the CBA, and he didn't understand like the rules behind it. I saw yeah. that, and it, and and that's the problem. Like, look, when when I know something, I not only tell you that I know it, but I tell you why I know it. Like, I mean, when we talked about negotiations, I've fallen back on the years of experience that I had negotiating government contracts for a union. Okay, and and so I've I've done that. So I understand how it all works. I get the idea about mediation. I know what federal mediation is. I understand these things, right? But I'll qualify when I talk about it. You should also be able to tell the difference between that and when I'm talking about human beings being hunted on an island and I'm clearly doing it tongue in cheek. But am I? You know, but I mean, like, that's the problem with him. I get it that as he's getting bigger with great power comes great responsibility. You know, it's the truth. And it it falls back on something that I've always said that I spend a lot of time in broadcasting. I still have my degree in broadcast journalism hanging on the wall. I spent 10 years in terrestrial radio. I might joke around. I take this show a little bit lighter because we're sitting at a bar and we're, we're talking about the pirates, but you know, at least I have an understanding of like, Hey, don't, don't say that or refrain from this, or you probably want to phrase this a different way. And I, I think if you haven't done that, I mean, I, I did five hours a day, five days a week, morning radio, where I had to come up with content for all of it. And I did it for 10 years. You can't just get that experience because you, you turn on a podcast and you, uh, I don't know, you, you started making fun videos. I love his videos and everything like that, but he's going to make mistakes. I don't know if I throw him out of baseball, though, for making mistakes. I think you're being harsh. I think you're being harsh. Well, I just well, think well, I, well, I just I just want him to take that like that Jake guy with him that puts his little finger up. <laughs> he's like and he looks like a two year old and he's just like trying to be dorky. And it's like, you're the guys that I kind of hated in college. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying that as he puts more time into it, he won't make those mistakes. But that is the danger of getting too big too fast. It's 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 the absolute danger of getting too big too fast in the public eye is that when you make a mistake, you make a big mistake and it's, and, and then you look ridiculous when you're doing it. So um, I don't know if I throw him out of baseball because I love the videos, but I, you know, you're, you're a man that's filled with anger and rage, Craig. So I, yeah. under, I understand it. I get it. That's what you are. Anger and yeah. rage all rolled up inside of a pirates fan. So what you did is you got rid of the guy that makes the funny videos. Your, your owner, and Rob Manfred. And all I had time for before the show ended was to get, get rid of the mad dog. And Scott Boris. And Scott Boris. I think I did better than you. Be honest with you. I, th- I think you won and, and because people <laughs> love John Boy's videos. I so think, now they're going to hate me. I think my two draft picks somehow beat your three. You had one more draft pick than me. And I think my draft picks worked. You win. Now I see the changes in this town. They change. They say one thing, but then the next.